0: Welcome to The Impossible Truth. I'm Alan Weiss. This episode is The Great Fork in the Road. Yogi Berra said that when you come to the fork, you should take it. And most of us talk about taking the fork in the road. We just don't indicate the left side or the right side. These forks, you know, they determine our destinies. One of of the most radical differences is when we have to change a long-standing bad practice. Fork in the road. Do we simply continue... What we've been doing before, even though it's not great for us, or can we make that change? My experience trying to convince some people uh, to use value-based fees is an example of that. Some consultants insisted, hourly billing, daily billing, it's what I've always done, I can't change. Well, then stay poor. In fact, cheat your clients, because the only way that they get served well is by you operating rapidly, and the only way you get served well on an hourly basis is by operating slowly. Lawyers, accountants, architects, a lot of people still do charge by time units. They will not change. They will not take the other side of the fork. Low self-worth. I can't admit that I was working for so long under the wrong impression because I don't want to admit what I've lost. That's why people don't change. I could probably, I guess, make more charging for value, but I've been charging by the hour for 15 years. I refuse to admit to myself that I was losing money all that time. I could have been making more money. Of course, if you have high self-esteem, you say to yourself, thank God you're here, I still have time to change before I die. High self-worth is I'm eager to try a new way, which can bring me even greater rewards. We become solipsist, ostrich-like, trying not to admit that there are better ways. We hide our head in the sand. So one side of the forks that we come upon is a new path. The other side is self-invoked blindness. It's the proverbial necessary evil. It's the stuff we choose to live with. The devil made me do it. My mother made me do it. It's the stuff we never change. And I've spoken at other times here about procrastination and the fact that it's basically caused by fear and by stress. That is, I can't stand the thought of trying something and failing. I'd rather live with having never tried it. You know, I'm checking out of the Marriott at the airport in LA. Um, I stayed there because I had an early morning flight. I came up from Palm Springs, returned my rental car uh, to um, a shop right around the corner, and uh, decided to stay at the Marriott for one night. I, I had spoken there many times in the past, and I do a good job. Hadn't been there for years and years, though. And so, early, early in the morning, 5 30 in the morning, whatever it was, I come downstairs. And there's only one married employee there, and she's involved with some flight crews who are checking out. so a flight crew desk, understandably so. And I get, as you probably do, e-statements. Uh, you don't have to actually officially check out anymore. And so I drop my uh, plastic room key on one of the empty desks where someone would show up later. And as I'm walking out, there's a guy there with a cup of coffee waiting for someone, I guess, so he can get his ride to the airport. And he stops me and he says, you know there's a key drop over there. So I look about 30 yards away, there's a key drop, and I said, yes, but do you suppose that these plastic keys are so valuable? And besides, when they find it on the desk, they'll just recycle it. He said, well, it is a key. I said, have a nice day, and off I went. Now, that's anal retentive at the highest possible level, and it's a guy who refuses to take the other fork in the road. Every, the other side of the fork, every single thing has to be in its proper place. A receipt for everything, no matter how small, every box correctly filled in. He'd make a great accountant, and we know how great those personalities are. I used to travel with a guy who um, got receipts, as I did back then for our expense reports, but the deal was you had to get receipts for over $25. Under $25, they took your word for it. And we're traveling up the New Jersey Turnpike, and he paid at the time a quarter fine, a quarter fine, a quarter um, toll. And He's actually asked the the toll taker for a receipt. And I said, why'd you do that? He said, well, you know, just so I have a one of everything. Please. I've seen 80-year-olds readily change. And I've seen 20-year-olds pretend there is no better way. This is not age-related. Just look at my new book, Three Score and More. It's not about age. It's about your willingness to take the other side of the fork. This is why so many people go around the block to get next door. They don't dare admit it's the longer way after all these years of doing it that way. And when you say, you know, instead of turning left and going all around the block, if you turned right, you'd already be next door, they don't want to hear about it. Now, sometimes there are rules. I mean, if you look at UPS, they tell a driver, never make a left, make three rights because they think it's actually faster. You don't have to wait for traffic to let you in, and three rights is faster. I don't know that that's true, but at least ostensibly they're doing it because they think it's more efficient. Some people make three rights simply because they've always done it that way. People refuse to admit the following. They refuse to admit at times that their political party of choice is no longer serving them well. They've been with that party since they were able to vote. They've been with that party because their parents were with that party. They've been with that party because all their friends were with that party. they have been with that party because idealistically, they once upon a time thought it was a great thing. But they refused to leave the party, even though the party's not serving their interests anymore. People refuse to admit that their choice of scotch is not the best any longer. They've always been drinking that scotch. And they won't try a new one, or they'll try a new one and say, No, no, it's too oaky or too woody or too muddy or whatever scotches get. And they won't admit that theirs, although they've been drinking for years and years and have five bottles at home, may no longer be the best. They invent new craft beers every day. They invent new scotches every day. Hell, they invent new vodkas every day. Take it from me, I know that. People refuse to admit that other vacation choices might be better than the current one. I just don't get people who have a house in the Dominican Republic and go there year after year after year and nowhere else. I mean, I can see going there year after year after year and also going other places. We go to Nantucket every year, but we also go all over the world. But people refuse to admit, no, no, this is the only place to be. It's the mountains, it's the lake, it's the seashore, it's wherever it is. It's the only place to be. People refuse to admit that they don't need to spend so much time with clients. They feel their value is based on their showing up, their being present. And they don't want to admit, they don't want to go to the other side of the fork and realize that they can provide clients with value remotely. They don't have to be present, they don't have to be schmoozing. They can just be providing value and helping their client be better. People refuse to admit that their diet regimen is pointless and ineffective. I've seen people apply great discipline to no end whatsoever. I've seen people who won't eat fat at all, Go to great lengths. They have meetings. They have their own newsletters to avoid eating fat and find substitutes for fat, and they all look like they're sick and going to die any minute. People think their diets are perfect. If there's one thing that bores me more than golf stories, it's diet stories. I don't care if you're off wheat, or processed meats, or gluten, which by the way, if you don't have celiac disease, really doesn't harm you at all, or anything else. I don't care if you can't eat dinosaurs, or mammals or fish in the sea, I don't want to hear about it. And you want to try something else. The blow that we take isn't that they may be wrong, see, the, the, the panic, the threat isn't they may be wrong, but that so much time, energy, and money has been wasted. Yeah, it's like telling somebody, if it hurts, stop doing that. Now, I've been doing this for a long time, and you know there's nothing to do for it. If you just stop doing it, it'll stop hurting. It's threatening to hear that. They've missed the boat all these years. We spend far too much time justifying our bad habits rather than establishing better ones. I'll say that again. We spend far too much time justifying our bad habits rather than establishing better ones. And there is almost always a better way, especially as we grow and mature and age and change. So this creates waste. The waste is in trying to protect our egos from progress. It's friction. It's abrasive. Are you still someone who stays out of the water for a full hour after you eat? Which is what they told you a long time ago. And we used to say, well, it's only been 47 minutes. And we knew if we didn't wait the other 13 minutes, we'd go in the water, cramp up and die. Well, that was a myth, an old wives' tale. Not true. But I bet there are still some people who do it because they refuse to take the other side of the fork in the road. And that, my friends, is the uncomfortable truth.